Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. I'm Sir Richard Poshingham from Poshingham's Extra Fine Jewelry, an address so exclusive, nobody knows what it is. Hey, Sir Richard. Mark Tapper, jolly good to see you. Got something new at Tapper's Jewelry. Something expensive this time, I hope. Maybe, maybe not. My Uncle Stephen made a special purchase of beautiful diamond engagement rings. Sounds good so far. Feast your eyes. A one-carat diamond solitaire set in 14-carat white gold. Yours for $79 a month. But how can you... I know, right? It's gorgeous. I mean, unacceptable. That is to say, it's truly marvelous. So you couldn't possibly... One full carrot? This changes everything. I know, that's the idea. Well, I'm... I'm speechless. That's a good look for you. Tappers, tell us your story. Choose the engagement ring you want, pay how you like at Tapper's Jewelry. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Stephen Semple, I was excited when you told me that today we were going to talk about the Hathaway shirt ad campaign. David Ogilvy, if you're in the advertising business like we are, he's one of the giants whose shoulders we like to stand on because he was just an amazing uh, ad guy with some amazing ideas and some weird ways to put things into a campaign that I think you're, you're probably going to talk about here in, in the Hathaway campaign. It was so cool and, and so different. And you know, we're advertising and marketing guys. It's about time we talked about a campaign. And look, great advertising campaigns have contributed to the building of business empires. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no question about that. And David Ogilvy was, was incredible. And I would actually recommend people grab this book, Ogilvy on Advertising. It is an amazing bunch of examples of really great ads and how he thought about the ads. And part of what gave me the idea on this is not so long ago, I was in Los Angeles and I was in Los Angeles at Halloween and I got invited to this swanky Halloween party and it had a theme and the theme was come as your favorite celebrity. And I thought, oh my God, what am I what am I going to do when I'm flying? So I want it to be something that's easy to pack. So I decided I'm a marketing advertising guy. I'm going to go as the Hathaway shirt guy. So what I put on, and there'll be pictures in the show notes of these ads. So what I put on, nice, crisp, white shirt. I found a retro's 1950 tie because this is a 1950 campaign. And an eye patch. Done. I'm the Hathaway shirt guy. One person in the audience got it. There's a buddy of mine who is there, Clint Arthur, and he's also in the marketing business. He was like, Hathaway shirt? I was like, yes. (laughs) So when I was in university, I studied the crap out of David Ogilvy. And this is something I don't do today. It's the same studying of older campaigns. And David Ogilvy, I just loved. I studied all of his stuff. He was my big marketing hero. So that's the reason why I felt it was appropriate for me to go as that character. But here's the other interesting thing with that ad. So we're going to talk about the ad. It's also like all of these ideas, guess what? It's been copied a bunch of times. Sure. It's been copied a number of times. Here's a little bit of the history behind this campaign. So it's 1951 and Ellerton, 
Jet is running this 115-year-old shirt company called Hathaway Shirts in Waterville, Maine. And he wanted to turn this little company into a national brand. That was his dream. And so he's one of our guys. He wanted to build an empire, right? Mm -hmm. He decided he wanted to hire David Ogilvy. And David Ogilvy was big, but not huge yet. But still, he wanted to hire him. He had saw yeah, his yeah. work. But it was going to be a tiny deal. He knew he needed to really persuade Ogilvy on this. So here's what he did. Goes to Ogilvy and he says, if you take on the job, Mr. Ogilvy, I promise you this, no matter how big my company gets, I will never fire you and I will never change a word of your copy. Right. That's a dream client. And for everyone listening, copy is the words in the advertising. So he basically said, I'll never fire you. Do whatever the hell you want. I'll run all your ads. And it works. We've seen that done before. So remember the, the Old Spice, the original Old Spice ad that completely revived the Old Spice brand? Sure. Well, I'm on a horse. That, yeah, I'm on a horse. Well, that campaign was run by, and I'll have to look it up, but I'll put it in the show notes. I, it slipped my mind now. Wasn't it, it Weed and Kennedy? That's it. You're right. They're one of those um, Maverick ad agencies, I think, located in Portland. Yeah. And for years, P&G wanted to use them for a campaign. But what they always said is, we'll work for you, but don't change our stuff. And finally, P&G approached them with Old Spice. So you know how we've talked in the past about yeah, running yeah. experiments? This was a bit of an experiment because they were ready to shut Old Spice down. Yeah. They were ready to shut down. They said, what the heck, we'll let you guys run a campaign. And the deal was you changed nothing. And they ran this campaign and Old Spice catapulted back into the top of their category. Yeah, yeah. So this way of approaching ad guys and going, you know, what? I'm going to change nothing totally works and actually is how you get great work out of them. It's that hire the mm -hmm. expert, listen to the expert. It's the HBO story again, right? Yeah. They ran the Hathaway shirt campaign, and what they did is the first insertion was in the New Yorker. These are print spent, ads. These are print ads. And they spent $3,176 to run this ad in the New Yorker, and it was an instant success. It was editorially mentioned in Time and Life and Fortune. Uh, the New Yorker did a cartoon of three men looking into the display window of a shirt store in the next panel. They're all picture coming out of the store wearing eye patches. They didn't buy the shirt, <laughs> buy the eye patches. We don't know whether sales of eye patches went up, but what we do know is within a week, you couldn't find a Hathaway shirt in New York City. They were sold out everywhere. So yeah, it was yeah. this huge, huge, huge success. Here's what's really interesting. What Ovalgi always talks about in his book is the picture. So when you're looking at print ad, and look, this works for the web as well. Picture makes you read the headline. The headline makes you want to read the first sentence. The first sentence makes you want to read the paragraph. And he had copy like this. The gun is a $2,000 purdy from England, right? The shirt is a Silex Sea Island cotton from Hathaway, right? And then it goes on to say this. So here's what some of the copy sounds like. The Sea Island cotton is astounding stuff with fibers three times longer than ordinary cotton. It is described in advertisements as soft as swans down, lustrous satin, 
and absorbent wool and as durable as linen. It has grown in St. Vincent, Antigua, St. Kitts and Montserrat. Then it travels between being plucked in the balmy Caribbean sunshine and its final apothesis on a shirt made by Hathaway, Maine. This cotton has been to England and back. <laughs> My favorite is how he says it is described in advertisements. Like this is not an ad, right? It's described in advertisements this way. Yeah. So the man could write this great copy and you read this copy and it took you on this journey. But what he knew was he needed a picture to catch the attention. No, and by the way, if you don't think this type of copy still works, read a Peterman catalog. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no way Peterman wasn't influenced by Ogilvy. Absolutely. And up until that day, the ads were always about the shirt, not about the man. Yeah. And these pictures and some of this copy, there'd also be other copy talking about the man. And what was fabulous was he built around this image of this distinguished man in this series of really interesting and glamorous locations and always dressed in a Hathaway shirt. And described like this, it's different. It was original. This was the first time that an advertising shirt focused as much on the man wearing the shirt as the shirt itself. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Brought to you by the Least Full of Shit Marketers Association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay-per-performance branding group in North America, and that part's for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want. And the only coin required is candor because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a pre-Zoom questionnaire. You fill it out candidly and boom, Bob's your uncle, you're in like Flynn, and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you a hundred bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. Take us up on it at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. And so what they would do is they would picture them in romantic locations, and they gave these ads all these fictional elements and really created the story. And, and Ogilvy was a flamboyant dresser himself, and he got, actually got the idea of the eye patch from a photo he had seen of Ambassador Lewis Douglas, who had injured his eye while fishing in England. And he sort of thought boy, this might make it more distinguished and whatnot. So on the way to the shoot, Ogilvy stops at a five and dime store and bought a few cheap eye patches. But he still wasn't sure whether the idea was right. So he let the photo shoot happen. And then at the end of the photo shoot, while the photographer and everybody got all the pictures that they liked, he said, you know what? Could what you just it? humor me? Just take a couple pictures of this and I'll go away and you can, you know, just, just humor me and do this. Yeah. And when the pictures came back, Ogilvy was like, nope, there's something, 
there's something special in this shot. There's something intriguing about this guy with a patch on. Ogilvy understood mystery and intrigue. Yeah. And what he understood was they never talked about the eye patch. They exactly. never explained the eye patch. But as you said, the picture makes you read the headline. The headline makes you read the... And the picture has this guy in an eye patch. Nobody uses a model with an eye patch. Right. Right? And so you go, yeah. well, I wonder what this is about. Yeah. And it just draws you into the copy. It's an amazing little sneaky trick. It makes the guy interesting enough that you want to know the story. Yeah, and then you want to be like him. Don't you want to be the most interesting man in the world, Dave? Well, you want, you want to be interesting enough that maybe people would read a paragraph about you. <laughs> yeah, but don't you want to be the most interesting man in the world? Of course. The Dusecki beer ads, right? Yeah. They're a ripoff of this idea. If you take a look at a lot of the copy, a lot of the copy is very similar. Mm -hmm. That ad inspired the Dosecki beer ad, which went on to be massively successful. And in fact, even Hal Goldsmith, the actor who played, you know, the most interesting man in the world, even how he got that part was playing this game of doing something different. So he showed up and what they were given was this last line to read. And that's how I wrestled Fidel Castro, and they were asked to do an improvisation. And he looked around, he saw all these young, good-looking guys. And he said, you know what? I'm going to do something completely different. What he did, he walked up, he took off one of his socks, and then improvised for 30 minutes around the sock before reaching the concluding line. Everybody was like, wow, there's something really interesting about that guy. You've never seen somebody with an eye patch where you didn't think, I wonder what happened, right? I wonder what happened. And great ads, you know, Hathaway went on to have a huge success, unfortunately, you know, when the textiles industry changed and things along that line. And after they moved on from Ogilvy after 20 some odd years, you know, unfortunately it went into decline. But in their heyday, Hathaway shirts were, you know, one of these shirts to have. And, and, and the brand is still around. Yeah. yeah. And you go back and again, you know, we talk about these ads that inspired Dosecki, it inspired Bazooka Joe. But the real thing here is do something to create some mystery and intrigue. Do something to stand out and then write a copy that takes people on on a journey that makes you interesting and your shirts interesting and, and, and ends up becoming that conduit to it. It can be something that's just as random as an eye patch. Yes. That's the amazing thing about putting what we call, you know, some kind of a third gravitating body, some kind of a weird ingredient in that's not expected. It, it just increases the intrigue level. Yeah, so I encourage people to go and do some research on that ad and also research other inspiring ads. And I want to share this. This is the last thought I want to share. Last night I was reading the book Shoe Dog which is Phil Knight's book. So he's the one who founded Nike Shoes. And we're absolutely gonna do an episode on Nike Shoes. It's an incredible story. But here's one of the things that Knight wrote in his book. This I decided, this is what sports are, what they can do. Like books, sports give people a sense of having lived others' lives, of taking part in other people's victories and defeats. When sports are at their best, the spirit of the fan emerges with the spirit of the athlete. And in that convergence, in that transference, is the oneness that the mystics talk about. Dude, that's what great advertising does.
Great advertising transports somebody to this different place and makes them want to live in that world. That is glamour. That is advertising. That is great literature. That is sports. That is how you move the needle. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com.